the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Looking at one of those verses I memorized years ago because it is so powerful. Romans chapter 5, verse 1. That's where we're at today on Abounding Grace. Join us. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God. You know, in a world that longs for the peace of God, we fail to realize just how important having peace with God is as a precursor to the peace of God. Welcome to Abounding Grace. Pastor Gary Wagner continues our journey through Romans. We're in chapter 5 today, looking at verses 1 through 11. And we'll focus in on that first verse today in a message called Peace with God. Here's Pastor Gary and today's Abounding Grace. In these 11 verses, Paul reveals the unsearchable riches of Christ to us, at least some of the leading riches. And he's still talking about justification, which we've been looking at from the end of chapter 3 through chapter 4. But now he's going to show us some of the fruits that come from believing in the Lord Jesus. The blessings that come to us when we receive righteousness by faith. Now, it's very important when he talks here about joy, hope, access to God, that all these things be put on their proper foundation. And what is that foundation? That Jesus Christ has purchased these blessings for us by his sacrifice on the cross. It is not well if we feel our way to a higher level of Christian experience. Then we will have some hope. And then we will have some joy. Then we will have some peace. No, all these blessings sit upon a much deeper, solid foundation than our feelings. They are set firmly upon the foundation that we are made righteous before God on the basis of what Jesus Christ has accomplished. You see, this is very important because being as weak and sinful as we are and often blinded by the world, we want joy and hope and peace and access to God. We want to feel close to God. We want to feel ourselves reconciled to Him. And you know very well, there is no greater blessing than that. David said in Psalm 32, How blessed is the man whose iniquities are forgiven, whose transgressions are covered, to whom the Lord does not impute sin. No higher happiness for us as sinners than to know that we are forgiven and that we are at peace with God. But if we seek that in ourselves, that joy, that peace, 
if we seek it in our circumstances, if we seek it in our money, if we seek it even in our children, we are going to be like children, running around trying to do something to fill us, something to make us happy, instead of going back to where Paul wants us to go. Do you want joy? Do you want peace with God to to feel it in your heart? Do you want free access to God? Well, you can only find it one place, and that is you have to go back to the cross and that empty tomb. You have to go to the Lord Jesus Christ because all of these blessings are His. They're not ours, at least until we are one with Him until we believe in Him and cling to Him. And then these privileges, these riches, this joy, this hope, this experience, this patience, everything Paul talks about in these lines, they become ours. Not because of fuzzy feelings, not because of our circumstances and that they've changed, but because the rock of ages was cleft for us and for Him. All these blessings flow. Let's consider the first couple of them in verses 1 and 2 today where peace with God stands out and a couple of other significant ideas. Now men have always felt their need for peace with God. Ever since the fall we have felt estranged from him. It's, it's unavoidable. And we have sought many ways to try And recover our peace. We have tried philosophy. Speculation about the nature of reality. We've looked for peace in governments. The Tower of Babel. Statism. We've looked for peace and security and scientific control. Tradition. Spiritualism. Most often though, we look for peace in our own vices. And in the pleasures of this world, we feel ourselves to be estranged from God. But the problem is we are blind. So sin, not like Karl Marx said, religion is the opiate of the people. No, sin is the opiate of the people. More sin, something to cover up the sense of emptiness that we have being estranged from God. Of course, now in the West... Most have concluded that there really is no peace or joy for man other than in his own life. Doing, you know, what I want to do. Having the friends I want. But that is a dog's life. A full bowl. And a master to care for me. But this is where we go in our blindness and in our pursuit of peace. There's one reason why peace eludes men, and it is sin. Now, we need to follow Paul's line of reasoning here, though, very clearly. And let's begin with this thought. God has made us for himself, and we are complete and happy only in him. When sin enters the picture, breaking his commandments, walking in disobedience to him, there is no peace. Turn to Isaiah chapter 48, and let's look at a couple of verses together. Beloved, we need to face this because our nation talks a great deal about peace. 
But understand, and this is important for you to hear, there is no peace for ungodly nations. And you know you'll read novels in, in which the poor heroine played the victim by unloving parents and by repressive religion. And she cries out, I just want to find peace. Well, there is no peace. As Isaiah says in chapter 48, verse 22, There is no peace, saith the Lord, unto the wicked. And what about Isaiah 57, verses 20 and 21? The wicked are like the troubled sea when it cannot rest, whose waters cast up mire and dirt. No peace, saith my God, to the wicked. Why is that? Turn to Psalm 711 and you'll find out why. Why no peace? I mean, we've tried. I'll have peace if I have sexual fulfillment. I'll have peace if my government checks keep coming in. I'll have peace if my husband would just wake up early and do some of the chores. I'll look for peace in all of these ways. And I would have peace if I could just hold on to my sins. Psalm 711. God judges the righteous and God is angry with the wicked every day. You see, God wages a continual war against sin and sinners. Isaiah 55, 9 says, and you'll see a comment that the prophet made about us, about the church. That is not talking, this is not talking about the wicked here. Sometimes in the lives of believers, peace runs away from us. Why? Isaiah 59, 1. Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save. Neither, has ear, it, it, neither his ear heavy that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. God hides his face from sinners. God hides his face from those who will not turn from their sins. And when God hides his face, our existence becomes a living death. Why? Because only in his presence is there fullness of joy. Psalm 1611, our souls, our lives, we are his image bearers. And we get all of our hope. We get all of our inner harmony from being right with him alone. And when we are estranged from him. We will pursue whatever to try and fill the void created by the lack of his favor. But it will never do us any good. It is fear. It is disquiet. It is madness. It is a turbulent conscience. Do you know that our consciences, while not infallible, they are an ominous warning bell when they are disturbed. The judgment is coming. God has set up our consciences in a very basic way. When we sin, we are disturbed. 
And that disturbance of conscience is like a dog barking. You're going to get bitten. It will eat you up. If we are not at peace with God, we cannot be at peace with ourselves and we cannot be at peace with others. Peace requires the removal of that which separates us from Him and the restoration of fellowship with Him. So we turn to Romans 1 verse 5. And we are shown that justification is the sole basis of peace with God. Let me say that again. Justification, God declaring us righteous, forgiven on the basis of what Jesus has done for us, that is the sole foundation of peace. Now, let's unwrap that. The verb tenses are very important in this little verse. Therefore, being justified or having been justified. That is an aorist passive participle. Now that may not mean much to you, but it means it's like a snapshot, a picture. So justification is not a process that our works or our feelings over time will make us right with God. No, it is God who declares sinners to be right with him when they look to the Lamb of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. And being made right with him, being justified through faith in Jesus, then, then we have peace. Now listen, the way these verb tenses are set up, Paul makes it clear that justification comes before peace. There is no way for sinners estranged from God by wicked words, as Paul says in Colossians 1.21. There is no way for us, even as Christians, to enjoy this peace as we should if unrepentant sin is present in our lives. It is absolutely impossible, beloved. We must be right with God before we can have peace. Now, since we can't justify ourselves... Remember, justify there is passive. Even in English, we know a passive verb is not an action that we ourselves perform. It is something that is done for us. It is an action that is performed on us. God must make us right with Him. He cannot make our, we cannot make ourselves right with God. And this leads to a very important point. Peace with God does not go from here up to Him. Peace goes from Him down to here. Now, sinners want peace the other way. They want peace on their own terms. I want to tell God what I'm going to give up or what I'm not going to give up so that we can get along and be friends. But as long as we pursue that, We can give up ever having peace. And hell is then the only thing that's in front of us. But God comes to us in His grace and in His mercy through Jesus Christ. And He says, I am the one who defines peace. I give peace. And let me tell you how I do it. I do it not by looking at your works. Not by looking at your feelings. I give you peace by giving you my son, by laying upon him 
Isaiah 53, 5, that he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Now we begin to see what a firm foundation is laid for our peace. It is what God has done in Christ. All of our sins cry out against peace. And God will not have peace with us on our terms. He just will not. That's why there's no peace in false religions. No peace in cults. There's no peace in a United States and not United States that sings God bless America while it kills baby babies and while it practices sodomy and while it permits perverts to get married and while it does not punish adulterers as God says in his word and as it does not even shut down heterosexual pornography as it is the duty of every civil magistrate to do so. And God is angry with the wicked every day and he must in his own mercy Come to us through his own son and lay upon him the curse that our sins so deserve. Satisfying his justice, which is so just. His wrath, which we deserve. He laid it all upon the back of his son. So it is God who makes peace. This is very important. Peace does not come from me. It does not come from you. It does not come from my feelings and somehow trickle up to God. Peace comes from what God has done in Christ so that when we look to the Lord Jesus Christ by faith, what happens? All of our sins are washed away. Do it today if you have not. And do it again if you have. Look to the Lord Jesus Christ. All of your sins are laid upon him. He bore the penalty of them. He took down the barrier between you and God. And that barrier is not primarily how we feel about God. As so much of modern religion and Christianity fall into this silly trap. The primary barrier is not how I feel about God. It's about how he feels about all of us. Because we have sinned against him, a holy God, and broken his commandments. But he comes in grace and mercy. And he removes that barrier. He gives us his son. He gives us righteousness, forgiveness of sins, and says, You are no longer my enemies. Be at peace. You are no longer alienated from me, cut off from me through wicked works. You are forgiven. I am reconciled to you. I hold you now righteous. Come, my child, to my kingdom that I have prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Therefore, having been justified by faith, looking to Christ as our righteousness, we have peace with God. And I want to stress, we do have this peace. Now listen, when I said that this peace doesn't primarily start with us, 
us telling God what we want, what he needs to do for us and what we need to give up or won't give up or will give up when I said that peace comes from God. Listen, this is one of the most glorious things that comes from this verse. And the verb tenses tell us the whole story that we have peace. If it comes from him, if it comes from the cross, if it comes from God, what God has done for us in Jesus, we have peace. Now, if it were to come from me, I would have no peace. If it comes from my feelings, oh, they're as changeable as the wind. If it comes from my circumstances, no peace. But if it comes from God, Beloved, peace is sure. Think about this. You know, God's feelings about sinners are reflected in our feelings about Him. We feel estranged from Him as sinners. We don't feel close to Him. And how are we going to get past this little thing that we call a conscience? Because it's disturbed. There's only one thing that unlocks the cast iron door of guilty conscience And that is the righteousness and the blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, we can try and silence our conscience. and We may even succeed for a while through our pleasures and our vices. I knew a young lady who was involved in a horrible, immoral sin. And she said the way she tried to forget about it was to sin even more recklessly in that area. Because she thought the more she was immersed in it, the more she would just be given over to it, and it wouldn't trouble her any longer. Beloved, that's what sin does to unrepentant sinners. They see no way out. But the delusion will be shattered because each attempt we make to appease God in our own strength, it only makes us more bitter and only separates us from Him All the more. We cannot be at peace with him until he is at peace with us. But when he is at peace with us through Jesus, and when we look to the Lord Jesus Christ, we have true peace. A sense that he, the holy God, is reconciled to us. And there is nothing sweeter than that. Just stop and absorb that for just a second. There are people in your life that maybe you don't feel a real peace with right now. Maybe it's your spouse. Maybe it's your children or one of your children. And you know how at a human level when we are at odds with people, even if it is just a little bit, life is not very comfortable, is it? But at a deeper level, We are alienated from God by our sins. And yet, he comes to us and he says, I'm going to make the peace with you. So one of the things we learn from this is that all of our peace as Christians comes from what Jesus did for us on the cross and our continual drawing near to him as we will see in verse 2 momentarily. Are you turbulent this afternoon? Is your conscience grieved? 
Well, it is not because your husband's not responding to you as you would like or your wife. It's not because of your children. It's not because of your poor bank account. The conscience doesn't respond to those things. It responds to God. So what do we need to do? We need to repent. Let the wicked man forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And God says, I will pardon. So what are you holding on to? What am I holding on to? What sins have we said? I just don't want to let this go. And then we wonder, why do I not have a greater sense of peace, personal peace with God? When you're looking for that personal peace, don't look at yourself. Look to Christ. Well, this has been Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner from Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose. As we have closed out our time together today, I would remind you that our desire is to know how this program encourages you in Christ. Now, there are a couple of three ways that you can contact us to provide us with this information. And again, it would really encourage us a great deal if you'd take a moment and let us know how the program is encouraging you in your walk and relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Here's how to contact us. Phone number is 408 408- Eight six six five six zero seven. That's four zero eight eight six six five six zero seven. Our website, where you can drop us an email and even learn a bit more about us, is reformedheritage.org. And then, of course, you can write to us at PMB. That stands for Post Mailbox Number four zero two fourteen eighty four Pollard Road, Los Gatos, California. The zip code is nine five zero three two. Now, there is another way you can contact us, and this would be the best of all, especially if you're not involved in a church at this time. Plan on visiting. Let us uh, fellowship face-to-face, as it were. We meet at Lone Hill Church 2 in the afternoon on Sundays at 5055 Lone Hill Road in Los Gatos. Directions can be found at our website, reformedheritage.org, or by calling 408-866-5607. By the way, copies of the broadcast are just $5. Mention today's date when you contact us, and we'll get a CD out to you right away. Thank you for joining us today. Until next time, God bless. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.